0: Welcome to the Judaism From Within podcast. I'm Similana. Soothsayers and oracles, witches, wizards, things that call to our more base instincts, our more primitive side of our humanity, looking at the zodiac, astrology, good luck charms or amulets. How do they corrupt or rupture what we mean by a complete person? The Torah calls upon us to go complete with our God. Lihiyis Tomim im Hashem is the mitzvah the Refersh is going to address. We are supposed to be wholehearted with our God, and what stands in the way of this? What fractures this complete person in front of God? Which we are called upon to be, and also in the positive sense, what is it? So that's the roadmap of this discussion. What is a complete person? What is the framework of a complete person? And what breaks that? To do this, Rav Hirsch describes to us how we should perceive ourselves in the world. The language of the actual mitzvah in Chorev is outlook on life. So a person's outlook is made up of how they see themselves. And Rav Hirsch describes the Jewish perspective on the self. There is what you have been given and what you produce. Your lot and your action. What you are given and what you do to break it down, what you are given, what comes to you, is beyond your keen of influence. You can't choose your genetics, you can't choose your talents, you can't choose your family, you don't choose your culture. That is outside your freedom, that is given to you by God. That is beyond your ability to change. But what you do, well that is in your realm, that is within your responsibility. That action that you do, the picture to the Jewish people, the picture of the Torah, is that that is up to you. That is the message to humanity and what a complete human being is. He recognizes what he can control, and he recognizes what he can't control. That is the two components that make up a person's outlook on life. This may sound trivial, these first two components that Rav Hirsch puts on the table, but just to point out that these two components that Rav Hirsch describes, if you disagree with them or your worldview is different, you will act in the world in a different manner. So to restate them, the first part is the unfree part of your existence, what you are given, that you don't control. The claim is the second half, what you do, well, that's sort of in partnership with you and God. I mean, there is the you there, and there's God that allows it to take place. But if you don't think you are free in what you do, and you look at what you are given the same way you look at what you can do, and you deny the freedom in your life, you act differently. And there are psychological studies that seem to back this up two groups of people. The first group is told to read or spoken to about ideas or quotations that seem to undermine the existence of personal freedom, talking about that we are just a necessary result of prior causes and that sort of thing. The other group are reading statements that reinforce their belief in personal responsibility and free will, and they find that the first group, the group that had their belief in free will undermined, are more likely to cheat in a maths test that takes place afterwards. So, how you look at yourself in the world very much affects how you act. So that's the first two aspects of what we mean by a complete person. But then, in reference to this mitzvah, is the third component. The third component is what you do. You know who you are, but what do you do? And the calling of the Torah to be complete with your God would be the instruction that flows from the Torah. What to do at any given moment, what to do with one's life, one's goal is dictated by the Torah. It's not so simple, obviously, written and oral, and obviously that's not a simple statement, but the general gist of where a person should be going, what a person should be doing, goals and aspirations, things that individual is striving for, the Torah is providing that, because the Jewish people, the world has a mission, has an end point, has a direction that we are striving towards. That comes from the Torah. So to recap our three points, you've got where you're coming from, where you find yourself now, you're not what you are given, which incidentally would go on to Rav Hirsch's understanding of divine providence or Hashgacha protis. What you have right now, what tools you have to work with right now, be it your environment, be it your culture, be it where you are standing this very moment, that is what you have to work with as your raw material and where you are going and that is up to you. And lastly, how to get there. And that would be your instruction, your duty from the Tyra. So, where you're coming from, where you're going, and how to get there. That is the complete person. That is a complete person before God. And that is this commandment. So that's the first point, the positive. But now let's talk about the negative. I opened up with necromancy. I opened up with soothsayers. I opened up with rolling dice. The reason I did this is because the Torah does. The Torah, when it gives us this commandment or this instruction to be wholehearted with God, it preempts it with the warnings of Moloch the Canaanite deity of fate, it preempts this with necromancy, talking to the dead. And Refersh picks up on this as what ruptures the complete person. And he does it in a modern context. He describes that a person who looks at these things in the world, the superstitions, the amulets, the cat that passes before you, the zodiac, whatever it may be, that lies outside the realm of causal reality, ruptures us because we stop looking at the world as being the context of living our lives, and we start looking at the universe as giving us instruction. Yes, the universe starts talking to you. That does seem quite radical, but let me break it down. We've got the first point, which we describe the complete human being, and the last aspect of it, which was the instruction that is the Tyra. And the instruction of the tyra is action, a task. We are supposed to do something. So this complete person is supposed to act in the natural world to the best of his ability to accomplish his task. Not, and this is key, to affect the future. It is our job to act for good or for evil. We are supposed to do what is right. Sometimes we succeed and sometimes we fail, but we are called upon to act. We are not called upon to play the part of God. I mentioned at the beginning there's a partnership between us and God and how we act. Yes, our side is the action. What comes of our action is in the world of God. We cannot affect the future. We are not called upon to affect the future. We are told to do our best. At any given moment, you should do what is right. When a person loses this perspective and thinks that, no, my job is to affect the future, he then turns to necromancy. He then turns to soothsayers. He turns to the oracles to predict the future, he tries to affect the future directly, that isn't his task, he has lost what the Torah has called upon him to do, he has fractured the full human being, and the breakdown is profound, because he stops looking at himself as being in partnership, if you will, with God, in fulfilling his task and his goal, he looks at himself as being alone, it's no longer my job to act, based off my freedom, and then God's part, to take care of the future, We look at God as being loving and just, and he takes care of the future. Even if I don't see the manifestation how I would want it to happen, I know I did the right thing. My goal is to act as best I can and not take care of the future. But the minute someone loses God as being part of their future, well, then it's their job to take care of the future. And how do you take care of the future? Well, people look to the stars, people roll dice, people try and Find, get a glimpse, and Ruth Hirsch says, that's folly. The universe starts to give instruction. I then turn to the universe to accomplish the future. It tells me what to do because the tire doesn't tell me how to accomplish the future, the Torah only tells me what to do, but I need to change the future. I need to accomplish the future. In which case I turn to the stars. I turn to oracles and soothsayers. I turn to dice. I only go on a Monday because a Monday's safer. I'll never live on the 13th floor because that's just not lucky. I better wear this amulet because this amulet will protect me. This is folly. Rav explains that at the root of this delusion that ruptures a human being in his completeness before God is a fundamental philosophical error, an error in logic. It's known as the confusion between correlation and causation, when two events are correlated, people draw causal links between the two of them. I'll give a mundane example. People who have very large weddings have a more successful marriage. That's true. People who have very large weddings, we see a strong correlation between them and successful long-term marriages. Now, you will be very foolish to think that if I have a big wedding, that means I'll have a successful marriage, because there are other factors in play. Happens to be, people who have big weddings also have more money. They are more financially secure. They have a bigger network of friends. Those things are directly relevant to a successful marriage. So, that is an example of a correlated event that people can attribute causal links between the two where it isn't there. This is the root of superstition. People think that things are connected, but there are other reasons why they're connected. If there are true causal links, well then that's testable. That's called science, that's called understanding the natural world, and that we are called upon in Judaism to do. We have to work within the Deir of our time. But the example I gave was very mundane, and people say, what's so bad? People have this little trinket, this person has this little amulet, this person consults his zodiac, because it encourages a delusion in how you look at the world. You become a less responsible individual if you invest yourselves in this way of thinking. give a more sinister example, in everyday life how this can come out, they found that parents who leave the light on when children go to sleep are more often short-sighted and they saw a correlation between these two things and parents were encouraged to turn the lights off, they couldn't explain it but they saw this causal link between these two things, the lights on at night and children being so short-sighted and parents were being ridiculed if they let a lamp on in the child's room It then turned out that what was the problem? Those links weren't causally linked. Short-sightedness is actually genetic. But parents who are short-sighted more often kept lights on. So, another example how being sensitive to this fallacy makes you a more responsible person, something that the Torah calls on us to do, to act in the world responsibly. Giving in to delusions, giving in to makes us turn to other things. So, to recap this last point, a combination of the more root cause of stopping looking at yourself as simply having a task but thinking that you have control or a responsibility to affect the future pushes you down a road where you start looking at the universe for instruction because the universe is talking to you. The universe is telling you not to go on a Tuesday. The universe pushed that book off the shelf which means that book is definitely something I should read. And Rav Hesh says it is either the correct thing to read or the incorrect thing to read. Waiting or taking instruction from it falling isn't your job. So in summation, Im Hashem. To be complete with our God, our outlook on life is made up of where we came from, what we are given, and what we are expected to do, the task we are expected to live our life according to. And that's the Torah and we are responsible to live out the task. The future, that is up to God. A person who loses that perspective, who breaks down that complete person, not only loses sight of what his task is, because his task is not the future, but loses sight of what's giving him instruction, and that breaks down the complete human being. Rav Hirsch describes that when a person considers the future his responsibility, well then he tries to affect the future, and this he does through consulting the universe, the universe which Rehersh says is dumb. The universe cannot know the future. That is up to you and God. And Rehersh draws our attention to what gives rise to this delusion, thinking that you can predict the universe, you can predict what's going to happen. A confusion between correlation and causation. And he points out that when we are mapping out the natural world in our own experience, to take away our biases, to do our best to take lesson from the universe and how we should act, but not to try and affect the future, because that is not our goal. That is not our task. And, and it encourages delusional thinking, which stands in the way of us at completing our task to the best of our ability and living as complete human beings. Thank you very much for listening.